You're listening to the fastest revival talk radio show. The Voice of Revival starts now. Welcome to The Voice of Revival, bringing you dynamic insights on revival for today's generation. Discussing biblical truths and how they relate to the church, prophecy, and current events. We are watchmen sounding the alarm. Broadcasting revival for the church, awakening for the nations, and restoration for the world. Isaac with the VOR Radio Show. We have been talking about the Feast of the Lord. And I just want to make this quick announcement. You can hear our program through our website, thevor.net. All our programs are posted there, and you can connect there at any time. This website is jam-packed with teachings and messages and blogs and videos and all kinds of resources and we have also put an opportunity for you to give to the projects that are coming up like the VOR Crusades this is a 10th revival crusades that we want to do in 2024 plus we have another thing that we're doing with a program called the Watchman Report which is a evangelistic outreach TV newscast that's going to reach out to people letting them know how powerful prophecy is and how it relates to our news so much other things are up there so connect at the vor.net listen to us weekly on i call you bless radio icyb radio online radio station our programs on thursdays at 10 and 8 p.m and then on sundays at 1 p.m help us get the word out this is the greatest time to understand what the Lord is doing with revival and prophecy. Are we ready? All right. Let's get ready to jump into the second part of the understanding, the fall feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. I don't know about you, but I am thrilled and excited with what the Lord has been doing here. He's just been unveiling things that are just so powerful. All I can say is I can't wait (laughs) to see the things that are coming in our time so in the feast of tabernacles we talked about that it represents a fall feast unto the lord it represents when god will tabernacle with his people it's a time to reflect on when god provided for the children of israel in the wilderness they go into their sukkahs which are tents or booths for seven days they reflect and they move away from all the materialistic things of life and they go to a simplicity of life, and that is even leaving their homes, and they live in these tents because it's commanded by the Lord. It's an ordinance or a statute forever to the Lord. So Paul refers this to as the shadow of things to come. He was alluding to the fact that Christ and the church had fulfilled several prophecy applications of certain Jewish festivals. So God provides for them in the wilderness and he provided everything they needed for 40 years. It's also going to be a shadow type. It's also going to be a parallel of what God is going to do in the last days. He's going to provide for his people. He's going to be the good shepherd where we will not lack anything. 
So the Feast of Tabernacles represents the picture of the future reign of Messiah in Jerusalem. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our first program, we go into the understanding of what the Feast of Tabernacles is, what it represents, how it connects to the past, present, and future. Today, we're going to continue on with more on the Feast of Tabernacles. We right now are in the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. It starts on sunset Friday, September 29th, and goes all the way to sunset October 6th. 2023 okay so here's the whole point of tabernacles if everything falls apart around you can we trust god for our needs we must give thanks to god for all that he has given us it reminds me of the great song that says to god be the glory for all the things he has done don't take for granted the little things of life and don't forget the lord for he is the one who gives you the power to get wealth, for he is the one who blesses you. Many people have been forsaken the Lord, have neglected the Lord, and the Lord is saying, what about me? I'm the one who gave you all that you have. And the Feast of Tabernacles is helping us to return back to this and saying, God, you're control. You, are, you have my finances. You have my life. It's in your hands. You are my king. I surrender to the kingdom of God. There's coming a time when the world will have to acknowledge that either we're going to have to trust God or go through tribulation. We must rejoice before the Lord. Jesus also observed the feast. And one of the feasts it talks about is the Feast of Tabernacles. But what had happened is that they forgot. What did they forget? The Jewish people forgot what this was all about, what it represented. That's why it says the, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them because they quit observing the feast. It just became ritual. It became tradition. They forgot what it represented and what it meant. It became like a holiday, kind of like the way we do Christmas and people talk about Easter and Thanksgiving. It just became a get-together, a nice day, but it, it represented more than that. It represented God's holy feast, his appointed time. They became ceremonies and traditions. They were far away from understanding the symbolism of these sacrifices. So let's talk about the Jewish rituals that were associated with the Feast of Tabernacles. One of them was the pouring of water that took place on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Hebrew name was the word is Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah was the time of the great Hosanna. Do you remember when Jesus came and he says he's going to come on a coat and they were going to cry Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Do you know that this was the time of their visitation? This was the time that, oh my God, I feel it. They didn't know the hour of their visitation. So this is how it was going to They were recognized that the Messiah was coming. The millennial reign was coming. This was the Feast of Tabernacles. They were excited and filled with joy because now the Messiah had come, but they didn't receive Jesus as the Messiah. Everything turned. So one of the things that they did on the last day of the feast was pour water. And that took place on the last day of the feast. 
the word great Hosanna means save us now and deliver us. So what this meant, this ritual meant was that the reigning season was about to begin and the Jews needed rain to soften the ground for plowing. So they made a special thanksgiving to God for the rain, pointing to the Messiah who would give them living waters, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the former and latter rain. Let's go to John chapter 7. I said, I think I said in one of the programs that it was John chapter 6. I need to say that it was John chapter 7. So I need to correct that. John chapter 7 talks about Jesus and the great feast. This was during the time of tabernacles. John chapter 7. Okay, yes, it is John chapter John chapter 7 verse 37. It says on the last day, that great day of the feast. What feast is it talking about? If you go all the way up to verse 7, it was during the feast of tabernacles. Okay. He says on that day, Jesus stood and cried out saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, the Feast of the Tabernacles, Jesus is there. He is saying, I am the fulfillment of this feast. Now come and receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But they didn't understand. They thought that Jesus was just a good teacher. He was not the Messiah. They didn't see him as the son of God. This is the time of rejoicing. The priest would go to the pool of Siloam and draw out water. As the people are rejoicing, the priests blew their trumpets and Levites waved palm branches while singing to the Lord. Isaiah 12 verse 3 says, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This is a hymn of praise unto the Lord. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Isaiah 44, verse 3. It says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry land, and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. I will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's, and name himself by the name of Israel. This is during the time of tabernacles. There's a great feast. There's a great celebration in the air. And then what the priest would do is take back this water from the pool of Siloam, and they will pour it on the altar, representing that the great harvest that was coming in the spring. This is why Jesus cried aloud with a loud voice and what they were celebrating, this living water was standing before them and they didn't recognize it. Jesus was right there. The feast was being celebrated. They didn't know that it was about him. Things are happening around us, but we don't see it. We don't understand it. That is why we don't understand the end times because we have been neglecting the understanding of these feasts. This is not the only thing. God is opening our eyes and showing us things are coming that we must understand. That the Lord was going to pour it out. Pour what? His spirit. Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, come 
and I will give you living waters for out of your heart, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. God wants us to rejoice. Why? Because the latter rain is coming. The latter and the former rain is coming. There's going to be such a rain of the spirit of God. There's going to be such an anointing. There's going to come a time when we start understanding this Feast of Tabernacles, that the Holy Spirit is going to pour an anointing upon the land. We got to return. That's why God has specific ways we approach him. And that's why we're not getting the results because we're not keeping the days of the Lord. We're not keeping the prophecies. We're not listening to the words of the Lord. We're not keeping the things of God. And he's calling us to make a remembrance and say, come and learn so that you can understand why, why I'm doing this, what this is all about. God wants to re- us to rejoice because the latter rain is coming. What does that mean? The harvest, the souls are coming to the Lord. Like I said in the one of the previous programs, remember, they brought their produce. They brought the fruit of the land, what they had reaped from the harvest to the Lord, and he blessed it. We have the opportunity to also reap a harvest. Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, who him who sows seed. The mountain shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. And I will bring the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord. There's a coming, a future where the Lord is going to be so abundant, so glorious, so full of blessing. It is nothing. It is all the evil, all the corruption is removed. God is going to put his people back in the place where they're supposed to be. This is his kingdom reigning. This is the millennial reign of God. This is powerful. This is the realignment, the readjustment. It teaches us to walk in dependency of God. That's what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about, to provide for us for our daily bread. Just like the new manna that God provided every day, They couldn't gather the manna for other days. It was just for that one day, meaning they had to depend on God for their food, for their provision, for their clothing, for their dwelling places, everything God gave to them. But they still did not give thanks and they murmured and complained. Let us not murmur and complain. Because God is wanting to take care of us. But many of us are going to have to get out of this mentality that is by my hands that I have built this. And the Lord is saying, you don't have anything if it wasn't for me. You wouldn't have the breath that you breathe. You wouldn't have the the life that you have if it wasn't for me. Give glory to God. This is the time to turn to him. We need to cultivate a mindset of unseen realm that the unseen realm becomes more real to us than the seen realm. This is the kingdom realm. The second ritual that's done during the Feast of Tabernacles is the lighting of the temple. Tens of thousands of pilgrims would come to Jerusalem to keep the feast crowded into the temple area. 
Many carried a torch so that the entire city was illuminated for miles. This has a physical and spiritual significance. This was thanking God for the sunshine, the sunlight, for the harvest, and thanking God for the light. But it has a spiritual significance. It was during this occasion Jesus said this bold statement, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John chapter 8, verse 21. Jesus said, all of these things that you're doing point to me as the light, point to me as the giver of joy. This is what the celebration is all about. He is the light of the world. Jesus was revealing to them, who? The Jews, the children of Israel, what they are celebrating speaks of him, but they didn't see it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, As we go into this time of this season, this is when the winter comes, right? This is when fall and winter comes. This is when things lay dormant. But this is also a time when the adversary rises up because he also wants to have his own harvest, his own festival, his own celebration to worship and to do things contrary to the truth. That's why October is supposed to be a feast unto the Lord. And instead, it becomes a feast unto the unholy things, Halloween and things like that. Isn't that crazy? We may get to this revelation. It was during this time when Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem during the time of the what? Every time there was a feast or every time there was a proclamation, everybody went to what? They had to go to their hometown and to their home, the place of their birth to hold the feast. Was the feast of tabernacles during the time of Christ's birth? I don't know. Maybe we'll look into that. Maybe it's the reason why we are missing the dates and Christmas has just become another holiday and all of these celebrations, but the fall feasts are different. One time we did a celebration of holding a Passover. It was powerful. It was so significant. And I believe that the Lord is going to lead us to a time to understand the fall feast because it has to do with the people of God and what's its significance problem is not the circumstance the problem it's it's the unseen realm of the spirit we're getting into october and this is where there is a lot of supernatural activity ephesians 6 let's look at verse 12 ephesians 6 verse 12 it says what for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then he goes into the armor of God. Like I said, the problem is not the circumstance. It's the unseen realm of the spirit. It's the real battle is not what is visible. It's what is invisible so back to the feast of the tabernacles we're wrapping it up here 
It teaches us to respect each other. Before the Lord, we are all the same. We need to respect all of humanity. And it cultivates an end-time mindset, an understanding of the last days. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 12, read the book of, read the book of Zechariah because it gives us a perspective of the millennial reign. And we talked about this, talking about how this relates to the end of time. Zechariah chapter 14, you'll read about where Jews and Gentiles come together to observe the Feast of Tabernacles. There is something about it when we study the Feast of the Lord. It gives us an understanding of the timeline we are in in these last days. This is not about doom. This is not about gloom, but a time of preparation, getting ready for the wedding. What? The wedding supper of the Lamb. When the king returns, there's going to be a feast. There's going to be a celebration. I haven't even got to that point where this is all about a wedding. That's the thing. We're getting ready for a wedding. We're getting ready for a celebration. We're getting ready for a joyous occasion. That's why we must be ready. The bride must be ready. The bride must be ready at all times because they don't know when he's coming. There is a wedding that is coming and the midnight cry is going out and the bridegroom will appear. So to wrap it up, how does this apply to us today? Understand, there is rest for our soul today as well as the future. You see, God had a rest for the Jews, but they failed to embrace it. He says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion, in the days of trial in the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 3, 7 through 11. It was God's desire to lead us into the place of rest, the promised land of rest, but an entire generation didn't make it. God wants us to lead us into these things, but many will come to this point where they will murmur and complain in the day of trial, in the day of tribulation, because they will forget because they have been taught differently of how it's going to turn out and they will turn and fall away. We don't want you to fall away. We want you to understand. I don't want you to fall away. I want you to get a hold of this and let it penetrate your spirit. This can't be something that your mind can understand, but your spirit. Bible says because of unbelief and disobedience, they travel through the wilderness instead of being able to go to the promised land. Hebrews 3 verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpse corpse fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And many will be confused. This is why we're trying to break that confusion. 
of the last days. In the Bible, Egypt represents the world system, and the promised land represents God's rest. The wilderness lies in between. What you do in the wilderness is going to reflect on how you get to the promised land. So, we're ending here. Thousand-year reign is what is found in Revelation chapter 20. Let's go there. We want to know what this future Feast of Tabernacles is going to look like. Let's go to the book of Revelation. Look at this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Verse four, and then I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with them a thousand years. Verse 7. I want to read this whole thing. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beasts and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. We end with verse 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, sounds like Daniel chapter 7, no? For whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open and were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up their dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You got to read the entire book of Revelation, uh, the, the, whole, the entire chapter of Revelation chapter 1. It tells you this new Jerusalem, what it's going to look like after the thousand years. My God. Isaiah says in Isaiah 51 verse 11, so the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now, I'm going to 
go to the book of Revelation chapter 21. And it says this, And he shall wipe away the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne, I'm reading from Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I have made all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Zechariah 14, 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. You continue to keep reading that because that's talking about before. This is, the, this is, the, this is before the thousand-year reign. And, wow, you're going to have this going to be at the point to where we keep the Feast of the Tabernacles. This is not just a Jewish feast, but this is Jesus' feast. This is God's ordained times. It all in, in the ending, it also represents the, the shadow type of the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is the celebration. So after the millennial reign, the thousand years, then the judgment comes, the second death. The Feast of Tabernacles is a wedding feast, the supper of the Lamb. The former and latter reign, the Feast of Tabernacles, had spiritual rituals at the temple for the winter rains to appear. This celebration also marks spiritual significant events like for Israel. Wow, we're going to end right there. There's so much that we can cover, but I think that we covered quite a bit. By this time, we should know that God has called us to understand these feasts. We'll get into a little bit of the significance of what we can do to understand this and how it relates to our time. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity to share this revelation of your feast, Father. I thank you, Lord, that it's not by coincidence that we're understanding this, Father. I give you praise and glory. But Lord, I ask God that you would reveal to us the understanding of this time. I thank you, Lord, that there is coming a time, Lord, in the future that you are going to reveal yourself. You're going to come in the clouds, Lord. You're going to have a time of judgment where you judge those, Lord, the goats and the sheep. And then you're also going to recompense and reward those who have been faithful to you in the judgment seat of Christ. And then, Father, we're going to move on to a time in the millennial reign where the kingdom of God is manifest. And then after the thousand years, Father, the enemy will be released but then you will put an end to it. And Lord, then we will be with you forever and forever. This is what the Feast of Tabernacles tell us. That despite trials, despite tribulation, despite what is coming, Lord, you will tabernacle with us because you love us. You will tabernacle us. Well, let us not forget your goodness. Let us not forget your, the give thanks to you daily. Let us not forget the things that you have done in our lives, Father. I thank you, Lord. Help us to understand how we can practice this, God. We can observe it, Father, and we can get ready for your coming. Let us prepare for your coming soon. Oh, thank you for a great spirit of joy that's going to come during this time of 
Feast of Tabernacles. Lord, let the joy of the Lord be our strength, Father. Let this be a time of great celebration, God. Let let the joy of God be so contagious, Lord, that we just go forth in great joy. Joy of the Lord be your strength. I just speak joy over you in this time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Let celebration start in your life and let you turn to the Lord and let him be your provider in all things. For in the time of distress, in the time of worry and trouble, you will be there for us, Lord, if we do not turn from you. Let us learn our lessons in the wilderness so that we can be in the promised land, the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign, the kingdom of God that is our inheritance, Lord. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the VOR radio show. We have talked about the Feast of Tabernacles. There's so much more I wanted to teach on, but we're going to have to put that into an understanding of the end times. And when we put this into perspective, we're going to know what to be ready for. The VOR.net has all the programs that are available. We're also releasing weekly blogs, articles, and Lord willing, we're going to start putting ebooks out there. If you want to get a hold of our ebooks, if you want to get a hold of our material, we're going to put out an email that you can get connected to so that where we can know where to send it to. To find out how you can hear us every Thursday on ICYB Radio, Thursdays at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m., Sundays at 1 p.m. If you want to know our email, it's Isaac at the VOR.net. Isaac at the VOR.net. Great things are coming. This is the time of the open door where the Lord is opening the door of the understanding of the last days so that we are not left in the dark and we know what is coming. Until next time, this is Isaac with the VOR saying, will you be a voice of revival for your generation? God bless you. Bye-bye. This concludes the Voice of Revival broadcast for today. Tune in again next time and hear more biblical truths for today's generation.